clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? simultaneous catch i'm adam jeffrey rossi i'm josh lapping trying to start this new thing where we do it like a huddle and i wanted to go ready break i thought you but were gonna I, play the audio i was worried okay i'm gonna play the audio when we go into that segment oh see you said it was gonna be like theme song i know audio. and i thought that we were gonna start with the top 10 but well, now that we're not we're not communicating well right that's now. fine all right welcome to simultaneous catch so we have a fun episode for you today. We're going to do some inspired by the debate Josh and I were having on the last episode. We're going to do some top 10. So we're going to do skill positions and then we're going to do quarterbacks. We're going to do our top 10 receivers or top 10 running backs and our oh, top I 10. I totally prepared top 10 quarter centers. Backs. Is that I, I swear you, if you don't you have said that? If you don't have top 10 centers, I'm going to be upset. You said that and so I'm not prepared for the episode. It's Mitch now. Morrison and everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so not a lot has happened, but things are still happening in the NFL. We're almost there's, a week away from the draft. There's some things. Yeah, we got uh, uh, today's Monday. So Yeah, so yeah, Christian McCaffrey signed a contract extension, four years, $64 million, something like that. I feel like it is a move that makes sense yeah. for what uh, they're, they're trying to do there. Well, and I will, in word of defense of this, because I know the – Running backs don't matter. Truthers are going to be all over this on Twitter. But if you really look at it, he's not just a running back. He's a number one receiver, too. I definitely think and, he is you know, he's a pretty big exception of that rule. And but. they were talking about how no player in the history of the NFL has ever had 3,000 running rushing yards and 3,000 receiving yards in his first however many seasons Christian's been in the league. I will say, so. though, that we have seen things like this backfire. I'm not trying to say like I agree with the move. I, I'm glad that they signed him. I think it's a good thing. But obviously, Gurley had his health issues before he got his extension. But we have seen a running back get big money and then teams regret it in a yeah. year or, or two. I'll just say, uh, so to sort of delve into that for a moment, Gurley got his money. And the next year, they went to the Super Bowl. But after that, he fell off. Uh, Zeke just got his money last year, and they didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, Derrick Henry hasn't gotten his money yet, but he will at some point. Le'Veon Bell got money from the Jets, and they were not good last year. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens in the running backs game. Obviously, running backs are still valuable players, uh, but there is an argument to be had that you don't need to pay a 
pay one a lot of money. But if there is ever an exception to the rule, it would be Christian McCaffrey. I agree with you. I think, like I said, I think he's very well worth the money. But I wouldn't even say, like, I'm very much not on the train of running backs don't matter. But I do think about trying to be the managerial type of person. Like, when you lock up that money to that, there are so many other things you can't do. So, I mean, think about Gurley is a weird example because – I think there was a lot more injury going on there than was talked about within the organization. I mean, everyone else suspected it and talked about it and whatnot, but I think that was obviously a role. But something like Le'Veon Bell, I think in a lot of ways you could argue he's quote-unquote worth that money, but then he went to an organization where they didn't have the same kind of offensive line they had in Pittsburgh, and so when you lock up that money, it's going to be harder to to get those sorts of players that— help a running back where you need so many other things working with you and the argument could be made that if you need a good offensive line for a running back to be good then they really don't matter as much what so i get that um but i mean i think that a more accurate way to describe it would be to say that uh, running backs are easier to find that i feel like that's a more accurate statement in that running backs do matter you need one that can make plays but there are more running backs that can make plays then there are quarterbacks who can start, offensive linemen who can play, you know, the pass rushers who can get to the quarterback consistently. You, you are, it's easier to find a running back to fill that spot cheap than it is to find other guys cheap. So you might, you'd rather spend the money on those less less common. I don't want to say common, but but uh, those positions that are harder to find a star in than running backs. I understand what you're saying, and I do agree with you to a certain extent. And I know you're not like belittling the the position, especially. I mean, you're you're a running back guy, but no one. I th- if if you have your pick, no one's going to be like, oh, we want Ty Montgomery over Le'Veon Bell just because. I mean, if you want the guy, like one's more talented than the other. Oh, absolutely. I think it just comes down to a pay scale thing. Sure, sure, um, sure. So yeah, congrats to CMC. Uh, almost led me to two fantasy titles this year, but just not quite, which is a little upsetting. But we do what we can do here. Um, and also, we learned that the NFL is going to do a mock draft this week. Say we did uh, mention this really quick last week, I think, or maybe we, we were off. I don't even off the air. That's I actually don't know if it was on there, but. I know, like, I, I talked to you about it, but now it's, like, been confirmed that this is happening. And this is something that we talked about a little bit earlier this afternoon. It's something I don't truly understand. I don't I don't know how much information's out there about it right now. Yeah, I haven't read a lot of logistics. But we kind of hypothesized what this would mean. I think it could be really weird. I don't think it, it's not something for the public, is it? No. So with that being said i mean i think it is like you talked about just something to kind of try to iron out the kinks to make sure that organizations are able to do this sort of thing to make sure once somebody's on the clock it's not like oh no our zoom stopped working right right i'm i'm bringing up ian rapport because he mentioned that it was more of a logistics thing um because they just want to make sure they know how everything is going to run and run smoothly um, which makes sense. I mean, you, you, we've never done this before. It's very interesting. So, uh, yeah, right here it says next week there will be a mock draft of all 32 teams, which is really just a systems test. Picks will be submitted via Microsoft Teams with several other redundancies in case of error. At worst, teams can unmute themselves on a league-wide call and simply say their pick. So 
I, I really think that what they're going to do is just go through the first round of the draft, and instead of them saying names, they'll just be like, we select player X or player one, you know what I mean, and things like that. Just so they know uh, that Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. that teams are going to like reveal what they're thinking or what their boards look like. Or... If I were a GM, I would say ridiculous things. If I'm the Bengals, I'd be like, the number one overall pick is Jordan Love. Oh, okay. Oh, did you think I was going to say, like, Rob Gronkowski? I thought you were going to say something like <laughs> Rob Lowe. No, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> he would be my number one pick. He obviously, I know um, he's your number one pick. But, yeah, so I, I think it'll be good. I think it'll work. I'm, I am I know there are a lot of people who are kind of worried about the draft, but I feel like it'll be just fine. I do think it's going to be fine. <laughs> I'm be very fun. excited about it. And I know, like, with what we're talking about hypo- or hypothetically with this mock draft, it wouldn't be something that we want to see. But I do think – for all the flaws that it could have. Like, I'm so curious to be like, oh, I want to watch what the draft is before the draft. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'm with you I on would that. like that. I think at this point, sports fans are just desperate for anything to watch. I turned on the horse game the other day, and it was really boring. Yeah. But I was still watching. I'm watch- glad that you also thought it was boring. But I was still I- watching. I was sitting there watching it with you, and I was like, this is awful. I was like, this is something that I would be super into if we were there watching these professionals play horse. But it's on TV, and it's poor Zoom quality, and they're shooting really easy shots for the most part. And I was like, this is not cool, it. There were some cool Well, that's things. what I'm saying. And I was watching the highlights later on Twitter, and that was fun to see the good moments. But really, I was just like... I guess I'm not this desperate for sport. But I guess you have to kind of tip your cap to to these organizations. Oh, no, yeah, they're trying, trying to, do something, to do something, which is good. Absolutely. I like that, I yeah. guess. But. So, yeah, well, it'll be exciting. Nonetheless, the draft coming up, we will have our mock draft next week. And then oh, we'll man. also be doing live draft coverage Heck from yeah. Apartment 102A. Unless you're our Grubhub delivery guy and then you take it somewhere else. God. Yeah, we got a text today from the Grubhub delivery and said, I left it outside your apartment. And I was like, it's not there. <laughs> and there's like another apartment building. So like we just walked around our down. complex and <laughs> saw it sitting inside the door. Anyway, we got the food and that's what mattered, right? Yep. I still have some leftovers. So uh, if you guys listened to last week's episode, you know that we talked about Stefan Diggs a little bit. <laughs> and we talked about how in our first season as a podcast, not our first season uh, as a show, but two years ago when we started our podcast, we talked did our top 10 receivers. It was in response to our top 10 cornerback list. We decided to do top 10 receivers, and then it was episode seven, if you want to go back and check out it, season one. And at I think one that, point— I think that stemmed our favorite bet we've made so far. Yeah, yeah, that stemmed the infamous Emmanuel Sanders-Demarius Thomas bet that Adam just did not win at all. Uh, but that was it was an interesting ride though because that was the season he got traded to Houston and I was like okay this is good and then he got hurt and then so it was just it, it's just too much but regardless that was also the year Sanders like got hurt I know and- I know and he still he still won and that pep pops still at your dad's house it is <laughs> um, so Adam said on last week's show that. Stefan Diggs is better than Adam Thielen. I said that in the show last week. You did. I did. Uh, and Josh was like convinced that on my list, I had Adam Thielen higher when we did the list initially. And I was like, that can't be even remotely true. Not only was Stefan Diggs not in my top 10, <laughs> but I had some interesting comments about the difference between Thielen and Diggs, and we're going to play it for you. He's just, he's the, in my opinion, by. No, I don't want to say by far, but he is very comfortably 
better than Stefan Diggs, in my opinion. Okay. Interesting, Adam. <laughs> want to oh, expand on it. that? Want to expand on that point? I love it. For the, in case the audio wasn't high enough, I'll go back and try to edit it to make sure it's high enough. But I'm talking about Adam Thielen on my list, saying that he's comfortably better than Stefan Diggs. And I still think that's true. And I don't think it's true. I do. But. I, think you I, I battled with that when I make, was said making, this la- said this last week thing. looking through those when Buffalo I was, rose-colored glasses right what, now. Exactly. That's what I was saying is when I was making my list, I was like, you can't put Stefan Diggs too high because you, you want to. You want him to be that because <laughs> he's a Bills fan. But then I got to a point where I was like, okay, but I can't just put Stefan Diggs behind people because – I don't want to seem like I'm not. So I, I have him on my – he's no, in my top ten. No, I agree. 10. He's in my he's top in my ten, 10 list too. When I, I last, rev- week, I last week I also – I was iffy. You're yeah. like, is he top five? And I said no. He's like, you said top ten. I was like, maybe 15, but he's he is solidly in my yeah. top ten. So I, I have him in my top – I'm not going to tell you where I have him because we're going to do this now. But I I just – I I if we're going to do an episode in a, in a, probably after the week after the draft where we go back and revisit one of our original episodes when we were doing it live at Penn State together – where we talk about teams and I make a comment where I say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was like, they're not going to be good. Who's going to run the football? Nobody. And it was Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> you also said no one's going to catch the football. And that was Antonio Brown. Yeah. So, so here's the thing. It was a lot of fun. We say a lot. Of I want to go back though. and look at all your mistakes. Okay. People don't judge me. <laughs> look at my mistakes. I'm just talking about like anybody who's listening right now being oh. like, Adam, you're stupid. <laughs> No one's thinking that. Well, but regardless, so we're gonna do our top ten, top ten receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks, and we're gonna start with receivers because that's what we were talking about last week in the audio that I just played. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Are we gonna like alternate these? Or are we gonna do our well, whole so list? So when we did it initially, we did the whole list, but we don't and have I'm, to. I'm if just, we don't want to. I was, I know, like we've had almost nothing else to do during uh, our our lockdown quarantine things. I guess I shouldn't call them lockdowns, but what. I guess I struggled maybe a little bit with like, is this like project on how we think they're going to do this upcoming no, year, this is, this or is just who, like their no, body of work thus far? This is this is we're rating who we think are the ten best receivers right now in the game. Okay. Yeah. So it's not really like it's not a it's projection. Just, it's not a career best thing. Okay. It's right now we're looking at the rosters and we had to say these are the ten best receivers in the NFL. Okay. I All accidentally right. did twenty because Say, I'm well, crazy. You can you can go. Her, I'll go. We can double back and I like because when we're gonna debate, I bet you there are gonna be some that we don't have, and I'll be like, oh, he's at number whatever because I did tw- I did the top twenty. Are you really gonna say all twenty right now? No, I'll do it later. But I'm saying right now I'm gonna do ten. <laughs> but then later I could be like, here's the other ones that are on the list. So at number ten, I have Odell Beckham Jr. Okay. I. We, we talked about this when we talked about it in our initial lists in our first season as a podcast. We talked about how OBJ has the ability to be top three, and he could be the best, but he just hasn't really lived up to that in the last year or two. Okay. Uh, I do – I'm a believer in him. I believe he's going to have a big year this year, uh, and I want him to. I mean, I think he's a good guy, and I like the way – the passion he plays with, uh, and I'd like to see the Browns have something to cheer for. So, But I have him at 10. I feel like I can't not have him in the 10 with how – uh, much of a talent is Th- this spot was tough for me because it was between him and Chris Godwin. So Chris Godwin's at 11, just okay. so you know, okay. but OBJ's at 10 for me. Nine is Amari Cooper for me. Here's my thing with Amari Cooper is that Amari Cooper has unbelievable talent and him and Dak Prescott have a great connection, right? But Cooper had a year or two of really amazing play with Derek Carr and then disappeared. 
And there were times in this past year and the year before where Amari Cooper just disappeared. And that's my thing with Amari Cooper is I think that sometimes you can't rely on him. Because I'm thinking about I'm thinking about the the game against the Patriots where you know he's he drops a key fourth down catch, and then I'm thinking about the game against Philly where he's not even on the field when they need him in the final drive. Like I just it, it, and he wasn't injured. They came out afterwards and said no, he's not injured. He just wasn't on the field. Yeah, I don't believe that though. Well, regardless, I'm just saying that like that's my eh on Amari Cooper. That's what holds me back on him. But he's still a great receiver, and he's he's top ten in my books. Okay. Number eight, I have Mike Evans. I just oh. think Mike Evans is such a great receiver. I think that he's uh, incredibly tough. I think that he uh, high points the ball better than a lot of receivers in the NFL. And I just uh, I think that that duo in Tampa is doomed to not have as well production this season as they had last season with Jameis, which is weird for me to say. But I just don't think Tom's about to go downfield as often as Jameis did. With you know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but he's still he's eight on my list. Okay. You had a reaction to that? Yeah, I mean that's he's just, not, is he not in your top ten? He's definitely in my top ten. Oh, okay, he's just higher. Yeah. Okay. Seven, I have Keenan Allen. Okay. Keenan Allen is on there. I just think that I love that. And I, I I feel bad that he had two almost three seasons in a row where he just isn't playing because he was injured. Uh, so I think that some people have forgotten a little bit about Keenan Allen. Sure. But he's been very good the last couple of years. And uh, I'll be interested to see if, if you know, L- if the L.A. Chargers stick with Tyrod or, or, or if they draft uh, Herbert and go with him or if they sign Cam, like you mentioned last week. I'll be interested to see who they pair up. But uh, I think Keenan Allen's good enough to be good with almost any quarterback. Yeah, I love Keenan Allen. Great route runner. One of my very favorites. Six is Adam Thielen. I have Adam Thielen. And I, I think he's a great receiver. He's he is one of the best route runners in the league, uh, and he's got great hands. I think what I described him as in that episode that we did, I think I said he had vice grip hands, and he does. I mean, he's. Just, did you say that? I think that's what I said about because him. that's what it says in the description of Madden about him. Really? <laughs> yeah. and I maybe made a maybe, joke about that. Maybe I maybe it's like vice grip hands. Well, I think he does. So. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know. I thought I said that, but maybe I said it because it was on Madden. I don't know, regardless. But this leads me into saying that I have Stefan Diggs at five. Okay. I almost did Diggs at six and Thielen at five because I do think they are that close. Now, I think – and here's my thing. I know it's funny, and I like to laugh at myself too that I said by far. And I think at that point that was true for me, that I thought Thielen was that much better at that time. But I think – Diggs in the last couple of years has been great, but especially this year when Thielen went down, Diggs showed what he's capable of when you are when he's the guy, when he's the number one target every time. And I just think that that is important. And I just I, I think it's I don't want to say this is bad that I've watched so much more Diggs tape than Thielen tape. I've watched Diggs tape because he's a Bill now, so I was like, I want to watch every snap he's played. But like I've just seen him do everything that you need a wide receiver to do. You know, he's just quick. He gets out of his breaks. His release is amazing. Uh, he catches the ball great with his hands, not with body catches. Uh, and he can blaze past people whenever he wants to. So I just think that he's a great receiver. And I, I, I'm I, glad that he's at least in your top ten. And that I don't I don't think we'll have an argument over that too much. Okay. Um, but he's at five for me. Four is Devontae Adams. Uh, there's not a lot that you can't say about Devontae Adams. He's just a complete receiver. Uh, and his his mind meld connection with Aaron Rodgers is best, probably best in the league. You know, it's up there. Uh, so 
Julio Jones is three for me. Uh, I think that Julio's obviously dropped off in recent years, but and not in terms of numbers, but just in terms of you know the Falcons have struggled recently, and so I think people have forgotten about Julio. But Julio's still one of the best in the league. And two is Michael Thomas, just broke a oh. record for receptions. And you know, how, what can you say about that? I mean, I think the thing about Michael Thomas is that he doesn't. Uh, when you look at him, you don't think of him as like uh, he's going to take the top off a team or anything like that. You know, I mean, obviously he's still fast. He's an NFL receiver, uh, but uh, he's more of a possession receiver, which is really good. But when you're going to have the claim to the best receiver in the NFL, I think you need the game-breaking playmaking ability that you do. And I still have DeAndre Hopkins as my best receiver in the NFL. You know, I I, I know that. Uh, I know that he didn't have. He, had, he still had a good season last year. He did, uh, I, but I know that he didn't have like a record-breaking season like Thomas or anything like that. But I think that DeAndre Hopkins is about to have an incredible year in Arizona. I know that's not what the list is. We talked about that. Yeah. But just looking at it right now, I, I just I can't think of something that DeAndre Hopkins can't do, and I I struggle to find things that people do better because even if I, if, if I go down this list and I say, okay, catching. Is Michael Thomas better than DeAndre Hopkins? I don't know that I could even make that argument, and that's yes. like his biggest thing. Absolutely. I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins didn't have a drop at all last year. So I'm just okay. saying. I'm just saying. But I, he's better catching. Uh, okay, so if if Michael Thomas is a 99, DeAndre Hopkins is a 98. Hey, that's but a point. that's not the point I was trying to make. The point I was trying to make is that even if there's an attribute in the top 10 of a receiver that's close to Hopkins, a I still feel Hopkins is better, but b He's that close in every category and better in the, you know, leaping over three guys and making a catcher, making a one-handed catcher, hitting B, spin move three times in a row on Dallas defenders, big play kind of guy. So that's that's my opinion on DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and like I said, we'll see what he does in Arizona, but I just think him and Kyler Murray are about to have an amazing year. But that's my top ten. Okay, okay. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> So I will say, because you wanted me to argue with you, oh, here we go. Uh, I do think it's interesting when we did this two years ago, you knocked Julio Jones way down because he wasn't catching touchdowns at the time. I'm pretty sure I still had him at three. But I'm saying that was your big complaint about Julio Jones. You're like, you have to talk about him not catching touchdowns. I wouldn't say big complaint. It was definitely that your, is why your big he... knock on him was that he wasn't catching touchdowns at the time. Okay. And immediately after he did that, he okay. did start catching touchdowns, which... He listened to me. He did. But I think we need to I mean Hopkins really struggled with that a ton last year. People people talked right. about I mean he he started really hot yeah, against, he had two, against he had New two, Orleans yeah. and then like he came on pretty strong near the Ooh. end but there was a long time when he was I mean like not even us or like ignorant fans. I don't want to say like people are ignorant but like there are like <laughs> media analysts that were talking about like him being the best possession receiver in the NFL just because that's what he would do. Is yeah, he had seven touchdowns last year. He would catch a six-yard out and then do nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I agree. I, I I have Hopkins as my number two. Oh, so, cool, cool. I mean, he is he's high, cool. but I do. Well, I'm glad win. you have him at two. I was, I was waiting for you to be like, I have him at seven. <laughs> no. Okay, so my top ten wide receivers, we actually hit on a lot of these. Uh, I have Odell at 10. Nice. I have Diggs at 9. Okay. Same plays I had him last, last time. Last time, okay. 8, I have Cooper. 
Okay. Uh, and and so like I'll I'll bring this up too about like your Cooper versus Diggs argument. Yeah, you said, yeah, like, yeah. Cooper disappeared to... a lot. Well, Stephon Diggs did the same thing a lot of times throughout okay. a lot of games in Minnesota. Okay. And sure, he did have a lot of games where he would explode and like he'd be like, oh my gosh, this guy has the potential and the talent to be that number one or two, three guy, but he just hasn't put it together, in my opinion. I'd like to to, I, to consistently do that. I'd like to take a look at Cooper's playoff stats because that's one thing that I know Diggs has always done is in the three or four, I think three playoff games he's been in. He's performed even in the even in the 49ers game where they got beat. I mean, he had a great day. And then you talk about how obviously he was the Minnesota media miracle receiver. And just like I know that he's performed in the playoffs in clutch moments. So that's why I feel like I like him. more. I also than Cooper, feel like you need completely. But, and I, I'm of the mindset of like you need to wipe those kind of plays out. Yeah. Like I okay. don't I don't. And I've talked about it. I think like the catch by Odell. Like I think that. It's obviously an amazing thing, but I think yeah. he's become an overrated receiver because of that. Fair. And I think we have talked about because that of safety wafted on on digs and went low and just made a bad play that he was able to keep his footing and go because no one's around him. Okay, like that's great. That's obviously clutch. It made the move on in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but okay. Well, but I, I I I'm not I'm not arguing that because that makes sense. I'm just saying that. That's not the only thing. Like he's been sure. No, I, I know, but I'm just saying. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And so like he had a touchdown catch against San Francisco, but and obviously that was were rare to come by, especially against that defense. Not oh, yeah, only in the yeah. playoffs, but throughout the course of the entire year. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, seven. I have Adam Thielen. Okay. Six. I have Tyree Kill. Oh. Five. Okay. I have Devonte Adams. Here's okay. my. I have. Mike Evans at four. Okay. Then I have Julio. Our top three are the same. The oh, same. Except for except for I have D-Hop two okay. and Mike Thomas. One. All right. All right. You Mike Evans at four. Go ahead. I do have Mike Evans yeah. at four. I think, and I think there's a large part of this. Obviously, Mike Evans has found success yeah. with with Jameis chucking the ball down. But I also yeah. feel like because he was in the Tampa market with Jameis, where. Jameis Winston would steal the headlines for yeah. oh like look at this guy throwing four picks right if right. there was if he was in a different organization I feel like we would talk about him consistently being one of those guys because I truly think That's he fair. has that talent That's fair. I think he's a physical freak yeah and for having the six foot five frame he is a burner and we saw it in games like yeah he's a lot faster earlier than realize. in one of the first games of the year against the Giants he just destroyed that team I know they lost the game mm-hmm. but that was a Anytime that Jameis put it up, Mike Evans was coming down with he it. He had eight touchdowns last year, and he in his entire career, one, two, three, four, in his entire six-year career, he's never had under 1,000 yards receiving, which so, is big. And that's why I feel like, and I know you're not like sliding him or anything, but you no, had him yeah. at, at seven or eight, something like eight. that. But eight. I, And I feel like those are numbers when you talk about being consistently good like mm-hmm. that. It's because I think he's in a poor, quote unquote, poor organization. That that's is fair. That's a fair not, argument to make. Not brought that doubt. spotlight to him. Yeah, without a doubt, that's a fair argument to make. I, I think that because see what I I don't know how you make made your list, but like I made so I made the ten, uh, and then I made out to fifteen, um, and then I was like, well, where are I gonna put these other names just to like have them down? So I went out to twenty, but then what I did was I just went one by one from twenty to one and said, okay, is this guy better than this guy? No, he stays there. Is he? Yes, he goes up. Is he better than the next one? Okay, he goes up. Okay. So that's how I did it. So I was looking at Evans and Allen, and I was like, I just think Keenan Allen's a better overall receiver. 
That's fair. You know what I mean? I, I know what you're saying, but yeah. I definitely, as much as I love Keenan Allen, yeah. I would not agree. I think in most, if we like you talked about like the idea of like catching 99 versus 98 for like Thomas or Hopkins, yes. like I think, I think Mike Evans is bigger. I think he's faster. I think he can catch pretty much just as well. Maybe not as much of a hands receiver as I think Allen is. I think Allen's probably shiftier because of his smaller body frame, but really yeah. I don't think those two are like that close in terms okay. of like what they are physically able to do. All right. And that's coming as somebody I have I have Allen's yeah, by I eleven. Oh, okay. One okay. of my very favorites. Yeah. I mean, like from a personality standpoint. That's right. I didn't realize that you didn't have Keenan Allen and uh I know, it hurts. <laughs> it I respect hurts. that. Uh yeah, so I don't think there's there's too much. I mean, like I really just feel, and I it, it's hard because you can obviously have a a guy that is a quarterback's guy, where like I have Devonte Adams at five, and I think you had him at five as well, four. four. And I mean, like I do think he's really turned his career around. We talked about that a couple of years ago when mm-hmm. we did this. Like his second, his yeah. first year he had flashes. His second year they really struggled. The year that Jordy Nelson went down, right, right. with drops and whatnot. But I think since then he's just really proven that he can catch the football. He's not gonna really burn too many people with speed, right. but he's shown that he can. I think of like against Seattle, like with his post route play and, and he put his foot well, on the ground and went. And he had he had a down year last year because he was injured for half the year, but he still almost had a thousand yards and five touchdowns being out a huge chunk of the season. Well it wasn't too much. It was it was a month. It wasn't like five games. It was four games. Oh, okay. And still, I mean, so there haven't been too many times. I mean, like he led the league in receiving well, last year, was it? So Not in the receiving, yes, but he did. But uh, the the point that I want he's come so close to a thousand yards so many times. And he has two seasons where he had nine hundred ninety seven yards, but then he had the one where it was one thousand three hundred eighty six. But I think the big thing about Devontae Adams was that for three straight seasons he had ten plus touchdowns. I, I think, and that's, I think he would have had it again this year had he not missed a month. But I agree. But so I, I think that. that's the big thing about Devonte is he gets it in the end zone and he's a big playmaker. So the reason I brought that up though yeah. is because like, you can really make the argument of like you have your guy. So like Aaron goes to Devonte Adams even if maybe there are other ways to look. That's fair. So like you can think about like Kirk maybe having that relationship with Thielen over over Diggs. And I really think that that's probably what it was because, you know. He really did go, you know, I feel like it had to be that because they got rid of Diggs. You know what I mean? I feel like if Kirk was like, okay, my guy is Diggs, they would have gotten rid of Thielen or maybe not because Thielen didn't want out. Well, no, really, I think think when it comes down to it, that really is the reason he's not there is because he's been vocal so many times about not wanting to be there. So they're like, okay. I mean, Kirk has come to the support of Diggs numerous times. Like when he's like, I want the football. He's like, you're right. I have to throw you the football. And then he had a really big game and then mm-hmm. did nothing for a little bit and then exploded again. But I do think just when the rare times that I've watched Minnesota games, I just like more consistently what I do see from Thielen than That's what fair. I see from Diggs. Yeah. And, 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 and last year was Diggs' best year. I mean, he – well, I mean, it it depends. I mean, he had more big plays last year. Two years ago, he had 102 catches for 1,021 yards and nine touchdowns. Last year he had sixty three catches for one thousand one hundred and thirty yards and six touchdowns. So he had his he's had his two best years the last couple of years, and um, that can be a really good thing. So it I mean, could be me. He's trending it up. And, yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
And I, I mean, I hope so because there were two years ago that like I was so excited for Stefan Diggs, and I was like, "This is the guy that's about to like just transform this mm-hmm. this room mm-hmm. and whatnot." And so maybe there's some bias from me of like I haven't seen that potential of what I really expected to come to fruition mm-hmm. come there, but eh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna say this is a knock on you because it's just the way people work, but I will <laughs> say that there there are very often players who you liked at one point that didn't pan out that you're just like, I don't like them. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't think it's that I say I don't like them. Like, I think there is a big part of me that has been jaded towards Stefan Diggs because I did root for him so hard. Yeah. And not that his production on the field hasn't matched things that, like, I expect. Like, I think last year was a really good year. But, mm. like, when everything came out about the contract that he wanted, yeah. that bothered me. Then he got it. And then he still had the audacity to complain. Like, I'm just, like, that, that does... Well, and I will say that, you know, that's stuff that bothers me too. And the only reason that I'm excited about him in Buffalo is that he wanted out and got out. So I'm hoping that that means he's happy now and he's going to no, be okay. No, and that makes, I yeah. mean, it makes, I'm not, there, there's nothing wrong with you as a fan or any Buffalo fan that's like, yeah, we got Stefan Diggs. That's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's no way if he came to Green Bay, I would be like, oh, I'm upset about that. <laughs> like, he's a really, really talented yeah, wide receiver. Yeah, you have two of the top five receivers in the NFL then. <laughs> so all right um oh well, i did so i did do 20 so i'll just tell you what my other ones were because uh, i said chris godwin at 11 i had tyreek hill at 12 okay. it's interesting you had him at five i i have him at six that's that's a big discrepancy i don't think that tyreek kills as good as people think he is i also feel like you you're right though you're you right though you're right into. you're right though but i will say this that the, there's in terms of What's the word I'm looking for? In terms of actual football, I think that he's just really fast. I don't think he's a particularly great route runner. And I don't really – and to my knowledge, I don't really have a lot of memories of him catching like jump balls or contested catches. Most of the time where I've seen Tyreek Hill make a play, it's because he ran by a guy, which is a great talent to have. Obviously, I still have him at 12 in the NFL. But I, in my opinion, he's just really, really fast, and Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, th- that's what my opinion on it is. I don't think that he's as good as people think he is. I mean, that's fair. I understand uh, your reasoning. I think they've done a really good job within that organization, Andy Reid and, and Eric Bieniemy, where when he came out, there was a reason he wasn't one, because you've seen so often that the fast guys get taken in the top 10 because he was in the something second that you round, can, right? So he did fall, and there were because personal the reasons yeah. that, that involved that, but he was a quote-unquote fast guy, but I feel like they've really improved a lot of things. And I do think something that you talked about just with Diggs, and not to go back to him, but you were talking about showing up in clutch moments, and that's something where I feel like maybe you're right, he's a smaller guy, and so if you have three guys around him, he's not always going to out-jump those guys. But in clutch moments, I often see him show up and and perform. That's fair. That's fair. Um, And then I have Edelman at 13. Okay. I wanted Edelman higher, but it's just that he's been so injured recently. And it's hard. I mean, it's hard to say that that means that they're a bad player. But I mean, I have Edelman at fifteen. Well, let's so. just say there's a reason why they say availability is the best ability, which I think is a, a kind of a lame <laughs> moniker. But it's true. I mean, he just hasn't been on the field. I have Cooper Cup at fourteen. Ooh, okay. Uh, I just I love. I mean, he had a, quietly a really great year last year when I was looking at the stats. Yeah, I mean, he had a really good year. He did. Uh, then a I few have of those games though. I feel like were like exploded games. Yeah. and then he got injured too and. 
I think that I think that not that I don't value consistency, but I think that's one of the biggest things where we differ in terms of our analysis of players is that I don't want to say you want to ding players when they have explosion, but you drop them a little bit lower if their big numbers are just because they had a, a couple of big games. I do absolutely. Yeah, do and that. and for me, and I know like it goes against the mantra a little bit because I had Mike Evans higher than Keenan right. Allen, but right. most of the time, like not obviously if you're comparing those two, but I want the I want the Keenan right. Allen, and th- and that makes total sense. But I what I was saying is that the difference between us is that for me, I look at those and say that's great. I want that. I want that game where it explodes, and and I think that. Uh, See, I think that's so interesting, yeah. though, because that makes me feel like you would want the Tyree kill. You want the guy that can just take six and go all the way versus— Well, so that's—I think the reason why that's different for me is that I'm not talking about boom versus bust just in production because, yeah, he's a boom versus bust player in Tyree kill, in my opinion, but he only really does it one way, in my opinion, whereas Diggs can do, doesn't always just have to take the top off to do it. He's had games where it's been 10, 12 catches for 100 yards and a couple yeah, touchdowns. sure, absolutely. So he's doing it in different ways, and that's where I, where I see that. So I think, and I know you're not, like, you – it's not a bad thing, but like yeah. I think of like Cooper Cup, and he did have a really great year. But I think I can only th- I he never I, I have it, like one very clear play in my head where like he's just open and takes it like seventy five yards, and so like yeah. that's great. And I I also like Cooper Cup, but I mean it's Darius Sayward Bay could catch a ball with no one around him and run eighty uh, yards. I miss so Darius Hayward Bay. There there I do <laughs> understand to, what you're saying. He had so Cup had ninety four catches, twelve hundred yards, and ten touchdowns last year. So as I said, he had a really good year, and I think um, I think he's a large reason why they they were comfortable with shipping Cooks out. Yeah, because now they're going to have Woods and Cup, and they're okay with that. And again, there are a lot of this sounds funny from a guy who's lauding the Bills for making the move for Stephon Diggs, but that's for different reasons, and we can get to that at another point if we have to. But I think there are a lot of teams right now okay shipping receivers off and letting them go, knowing how good this receiver class is going to be. They're okay saying we can take a second or a third round pick and get a guy who can replace that. So. Uh, but yeah, so I have Cooper Cup at fourteen. I have Tyler Lockett at fifteen. Ooh, okay, a lot better than we 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 talked. I have about. I have Lockett at twelve. So I remember we 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 talked a lot. I wanted Lockett to be higher. Um, I don't really have a lot of really solid reasons why he's not this. When it, when I got to this point, it was hard for me. So I was just like, okay, this guy's good. This guy's good. Okay. Um, so sixteen, I had Allen Robinson, and okay. and I looked at it because like he initially wasn't even on twenty, and then I was looking at stats from like last year, and I was like. He had a great year he last did. year. I think he really started and, to yeah, reemerge himself exactly. as that we saw in Jacksonville. And that was another thing is I was like, okay, so we saw this before, and then he dropped off a little bit, and now he's getting back. So I was like, uh, so he's at 16. I have John Brown at 17. Uh, you know, so I'm not biased as a Bills fan. <laughs> but I yeah, just, we only have two in the top yeah. 20. This, yeah. I, I think John Brown is, is a top 20 <laughs> receiver. You could put him at 19 if you want to. But uh, I just I think I just think that uh, the only thing that John Brown doesn't really do, even though he actually did it really well this year, is the jump ball because he's a smaller guy. But he had three or four big plays where he did, you know, just out contest a catch. So uh, I have Cortland Sutton at 18. I, I know like that, that this was his breakout year this year, so he hadn't really done it beforehand. But I just think that him and Drew Locker are, are destined for some great things this this upcoming year. I just think he's a solid, solid receiver. I like and that. I have Tyler Boyd at 19. Oh. Uh, I like Tyler Boyd a lot. He he's a kind of a Madden guy for us. We like him a lot. Um, that one, nineteen and twenty, was tough for me because there's a handful of guys that I really really like. 
that uh, I just wasn't sure if they were better than this one or that one. Uh, and then I have DJ Moore at 20. Oh, interesting. I really, really like what DJ Moore do- has done. DJ Moore and Curtis Samley are two receivers that in Carolina that I, I've, for the last two years, I've been like, they're not really that good. But I had DJ Moore in a couple of fantasy leagues this year, so I was like, tr- I was tracking his play a lot more close. And I was like, he's just a consistently good receiver. He's a he's a reliable guy. He doesn't drop a lot. He's normally where he needs to be. And I just I, he had a really solid year last year. And I was like, I, I just put him at twenty. Okay. So okay. Well, I didn't yeah. do twenty. That's yeah, okay. I just <laughs> uh, but even in the fifteen, like I have two names in my fifteen that you didn't put on your twenty. Oh yeah. Uh, so at eleven, I have Godwin too. At twelve, I have Lockett. At thirteen, I have Smith Schuster in Pittsburgh. Oh my God, I forgot about Juju Smith Schuster. In fourteen, I have T. Y. Hilton. Okay, so here's my thing. At uh, fifteen, I have Julian. Ju- I'd probably put Juju where Julian is. So I I forgot about Juju completely because their year was so tough. Okay. Um, but I would probably put Juju at like 13 or 12. Okay. I would put him up there. But I, I, I forgot about that. I do. At first I thought you were like, he's bad. No, 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 no. I totally forgot about him. I do think him. his talent, no. sure, last year was bad and for I love a, the kid too. of reasons. I just think he's a great kid too, you know. So. But yeah, I would have him up there. I totally forgot about him. Well, he didn't. So I brought up the list of stats from last year just to like have a frame. Oh, okay, yeah. And he wasn't well, even he on the list. So I just forgot about it. Um, but yeah, I where I'd probably have him at like thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, so we didn't fight that much, but we jarred a little bit. Tiny bit. Are we gonna jar over? Should we do running backs first before I, quarterbacks? I yeah. Okay. I don't think we're gonna jar that much. Okay. Maybe, All right. All right. Maybe we will. So I went first for wide receivers. You can go first for running backs. All right. So we're counting down. So number ten, I have Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Number nine, I have Todd Gurley. Nice. Eight, I have Joe Mixon. Ooh. Seven, I have Derrick Henry. Okay. Six, I have Alvin Kamara. Okay. Five, I have Nick Chubb. Okay. Four, I have Zeke. Three, okay. I have Barkley. Okay. Two, I have Cook. Okay. And one, I have McCaffrey. So we match on four in terms of position. So we have four running backs, so we have the exact same number. Okay. But you have one running back that I don't, and I have one running back that you don't. Okay. So I have Nick Chubb at 10. Oh. I really like Nick Chubb. I just think that's underrated. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I have Gurley at nine, so okay. we, we match on that. I think that I still think Todd Gurley can be the top three back in the NFL. It's I'm just excited to see what I, he can do with I, some yeah. base. I'm really, and I get you're gonna laugh at me because I always say this. I'm really high on the Falcons next year. I like what they've done, and I just think him in that Atlanta offense with Matt Ryan is gonna be really good. Hopefully, I, so so we'll see what happens. You always are high on Atlanta, though. I like Atlanta a lot. I, mean, I just <laughs> think that's why I think it's time for so, Dan Quinn to get shipped on. Well, we'll see. And I have Melvin Gordon at eight. Okay. Well, you have Joe Mixon in the list. I have Melvin Gordon in the okay. list. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really thought about Gordon. He's a player mm-hmm. I really like, but mm-hmm. I was just thinking about it when I was doing the list. I do think I would have him still lower, though. Like, if I did, I would, if I had him in the top 10, I would put him at 10 instead of Bell. Okay. That's but, fair. I will say that the, the those three at te- 8, 9, and 10 were hard for the order for me because I almost had, Ch- at one point, I had Chubb all the way up to seven or eight. But I just I thought guys ahead of him were a little bit better in terms of pass catching or you know what I mean, okay. so, which is big for me in terms of around overall backs. So I have Le'Veon Bell at seven. I have Alvin Kamara at six, which I believe you also had. That's, I had him at six as well. Okay, yeah. So that's the another one. I have Derrick Henry at five. 
I have Zeke at four, which you also had, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have Dalvin at three, Saquon at two, and McCaffrey at one. And I think that's really fair. I think the top could, three were tough. I think you really <laughs> could make it that way, though. Yeah. And I think right now we're kind of, at least in my mind, I was knocking Saquon for being hurt this year. Yeah. Because I mean, in my opinion, yeah. I mean, obviously he had this phenomenal rookie year. Right. But I think it was kind of a thing where Saquon right now is kind of taken the enigma that Dalvin Cook was for so long. That's true. That's fair. Where yeah. I everybody's like, really, oh, it's Saquon. Yeah. And, uh, but I, and, and beyond that, like everyone was like, oh, Dalvin Cook could be so good, but he keeps getting hurt. Right. And so when we saw him not get hurt, he He's really so turned good. it on. And so I think moving forward, we'll be able to see that. But mm-hmm. it just made me want to, for right now, I want right. to put it that way. Yeah. And I... Uh, I'm glad we agree on McCaffrey. I think that most people wouldn't disagree on the McCaffrey thing just because, I mean, he had a historical season, you know. Uh, and I, I have Saquon there just based off of not only what he did his rookie year, I just think that he really – his just talent is – you know, I, I even – if he hadn't gotten hurt this year, I wouldn't – I'd probably have him at one over McCaffrey just because I think that in terms of, like, running and physical running, not that – I mean, like, McCaffrey right. – so, what you're saying. McCaffrey surprised a lot of people, me included, this year in terms of how physical he was able to run up the middle and between the tackles. Okay. I think that was his big thing. But, I, you know, there's just – Saquon Barkley is just a freak of nature, so I, I, you know, I think that he's that's why he's up there. And I, you, I mean, you know how much I love Dalvin Cook. There are times where we would watch a game, and I'd be like, "Oh my God, he's fast!" And you're like, "Yeah, it's Dalvin Cook." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it just sometimes he takes your breath away with how quick he accelerates his defenders. It's awesome." Um, I, I, I figured that we would have a uh, not that big, obviously, but I figured we'd have a. Um, Ratings discrepancy over Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry. I I wanted to have him higher, but I was like, no, he's not. <laughs> he's he's my favorite running back in the NFL. That doesn't make him a top three running back. So I put him at five. Uh, and I wanted Kamara higher because he's really good. But I feel like he wasn't as great as we all think he is last year. Well, last year definitely was a down yeah, year. Yeah, and, and so I don't know. And again, I mean, he's still – I have him at six in terms of all the running backs in the NFL. That's great. But that was the reason why I had him not higher. Yeah, no, that's very fair, yeah. I think. Well, I mean, it was going to be a really interesting thing to see what was going to happen once mm-hmm. they didn't have the Batman and Robin yeah. combination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once, and they, they kind of tried replacing Ingram with, with Murray, but they're not the same things. Yeah. Um, but – so he did have a, a down year, and he was injured. But there were a lot of, I think, just combining those things. I think right. there were there were so long that any time he touched the football, he could just take it, right. and that's still right. there, in my opinion. I think he's still capable of doing yeah. that. I think, and I don't know if you think this is something that should devalue somebody, but I think defensive coordinators were just able to be like, okay. He's their guy now. So when we go into New Orleans or they come into here, well, we're going to think about it, it really, this way. It really hurt that, you know, Michael Thomas was having this historical year. So, you know, they really couldn't stop him so much. So I think at one point they stopped worrying about triple covering Michael Thomas and said, let's make sure Kamara doesn't get going. That's because we that's know we know that we know that Michael Thomas is going to beat us. So he'd rather not leave us wide open somewhere else. OK, so I think that that may have hurt him a little bit. Um, I am interested in two things. One, our biggest discrepancy of Chubb. So I want to hear you on that. But then I also want to know who you have at 11. If you had to say there was an 11, because I didn't do more than that. I didn't do more than that either. But uh, but I battled with somebody at 11 and 10. So. 
Well, I definitely I don't have Gordon inside my top ten right okay. now, so I think he is firmly okay. in place. That's fair. Where he would be eleven or okay. twelve if I thought okay. about it in that way. Because see, I wouldn't have Joe Mixon eleven. I'd probably have Aaron Jones at eleven. Okay, that's very fair. Yeah, yeah. the very. I think Mixon would be like twelve or thirteen, but that's fair. But yeah. I also, and that's a player where I know where he he's had a shady history or a, a past, and some things have happened. And I think that's a reason he fell in that draft uh, to the second round. That's true. It is. Take him. But I do think he was one of the very strongest running backs to end the year last year where there were so many things going on, going on in Cincy, their offensive line problems. I know we addressed that earlier yeah. on if you had to have good offensive line maybe. But that is something where eventually they started to gel. He is a great Great pass catcher. I will I will say this in order to defense of Joe Mixon. It's hard to be good in Cincinnati with what they <laughs> had last year or lack thereof. So you're right. I mean, he he has talent beyond belief. And if they can show up that line and, and work a little bit on that offense, that, that offense can be really good. So Yes, I'm very I'm very comfortable having him in the top ten. I do think he he his talent warrants that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're he is honestly there aren't a whole lot of reasons like I want to watch Cincinnati games, but if I do watch it, he's one of the very few things that like really draws okay. my eye. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm excited to see what this guy. Oh yeah, can he's do. a playmaker for sure. So Nick Chubb's so high on Nick my Chubb. list because I I just it's a, obviously a small body of work. This is only his second year, mm-hmm. and he had to, there was some second fiddle once Kareem Hunt came back in the equation and whatnot. But I really think that deterred the progress that he was able to have. Mm-hmm. If you want to say that, I do think he's an underrated catcher of the football. He hasn't had to do it too much, but when he, he has, had 36 catches, things have, there have been some pretty good results from that. But if you think about it, he was so close to having the rushing title, which obviously he didn't claim. So over he had, he Henry, had but 1,494 yards and eight touchdowns. And Henry, he had about 16, didn't he had bringing it up right now. Um, it was close because I remember it happened in the last game. He had 1,540, but he also had 16 touchdowns. So Yeah, well, he, <laughs> he definitely – that's my big thing where I know – and that's something I think it really feeds into what you said about like my, my – The boomer bust thing. Right. There are so many times, and, and I, I completely understand your argument about Derrick Henry is – but like it, it bothers me. But again, like I, I – pr- At the half, you'll consistently see Derrick Henry stats where it's like – seven rushes for 26 yards and then he's able to break a few big ones and then he winds up having a 100 yard game and that we've had a uh, um, heated debate or two over this player we if sure it, as heck if, have. It, i don't know how many have been caught on on simultaneous catch air but we have gone at it See, I, don't, I don't think too many <laughs> over like derrick henry just us been sitting in our living room or something but I really do think that Chubb would have had it if Kareem Hunt hadn't come on and they started really trying to give him the ball, trying to get him more involved. Yeah. And I feel like that was well, an organizational came, standpoint where they yeah. were trying to just get back into the playoff hunt because they knew they were right there. Well, and there came a point near the end of the season where Chubb wasn't playing as much either because they were working in guys like, oh, what's his name? The rookie. It's Darius something. I can't think of it. Is I don't Darius? know what it is. They have a third string running back who's who's pretty talented too. But I think that they were working in other guys at that point too. So, I mean, but Tennessee was like, no, we're going to make the playoffs here. Just give it to Derrick Henry. So. And boy, did he deliver. But 
Uh, I remember you you'd made some sort of comparison for like wide receiver about like how you're like I think he's just a really good person. I don't remember who you said that about, but you said it about somebody. I'm pretty positive. Really? I think you were like I think he just seems like a good. I don't remember okay. how you said that, but I think that about Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb oh, just okay. seems like a perennial. I wasn't sure where you were bro. going. I was like, I didn't put I a guy he, higher than a guy because I think it's a good guy. <laughs> but I think maybe like that's skewing me a little bit okay. because I feel okay. like he is with an organization that's had such turmoil if you want to think that and we've seen it with players like odell or jarvis or baker and nick chubbs never made those he i think he just shows up and puts his nose down and grinds and i i really applaud that and i i i expect cleveland to have a really good year next year and i expect him to be a big part of it so uh yeah nick chubb was hard for me to place but he has to be in a top 10 list about running backs for sure um, anything else you want to before we move on? No, I'm a, I'm a okay. Fun, fun. We'll, maybe we'll have our heated Derrick Henry debate another time. <laughs> um, top ten quarterbacks. I'm fascinated to hear. I don't know how we're gonna have debates anymore when we both know each other's opinions on that's it. That's so true. Much. That's true. We should <laughs> we should have secretly caught the other arguments on tape. I'm sure that I can drum up the anger another again. Um, we'll have it the first three weeks when. Oh yeah, He's we we will. You're like right. nothing. And... <laughs> See, now I want to debate you about this, but I don't want to do it right now. All right, uh, top ten quarterbacks. I'm fascinated to hear yours. That's for sure, because um, I really struggled with this list. Oh yeah, yeah I don't well, think because there are, there were a few that I'd like really think about, but we've actually done quarterbacks before. We have. We didn't do I it know. in like a ranking, but we did the tier thing. Yeah, yeah. And, but here's so I. What I struggled with was that there's a lot of there's I can think of specifically two older quarterbacks that I don't have in the top ten because I don't think they're as good as they used to be. Yeah, that's fair. I do. So I have guys that I have clearly in my mind that I didn't put on the list. That's too. what I'm saying is that it was hard for me to say right now who were the top ten, not how good was their career or how good they could be in just random clutch moments because they're those players. Okay. So so that was hard for me. Uh, I took all that into consideration, but just overall play was was the most important thing to me. Sure. And just, you know, a trust factor of 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 them performing. So at 10 I have Matt Ryan. Okay. I had Matt Ryan at 5 at one point. Okay. I love Matt Ryan. I think that he's gotten a bad rap the last couple of years, but through We're talking about trading up, but through rumors, but through all the storm of how subpar they've been the last couple of years, Matt Ryan has been consistently very good. I agree. So, so I but I have him at 10 because I do think winning I, I, winning isn't a quarterback stat, but it matters. Okay. It doesn't not matter. Uh, okay. So that nine, I have Kirk Cousins. Kirk okay. Cousins get a bad rap way too often, but Kirk Cousins has been very, very good for however long he's been a starter. They're very rarely. I know that he has this sort of ding on him about not being good in prime time, but if you look and take a deep dive in the numbers, he actually performs better in prime time. The people who don't perform are, are the, the defenses the and the rest of the team. Yeah. Kirk shows up in prime time. It's just he doesn't always get the help that he needs in prime time. And but he did show us he won two or three big primetime games this past season, as well as winning in overtime in the clutch, making probably his best throw of his career to Adam Thielen in the overtime game against New Orleans. So he showed up. To who? Stefan Dick. <laughs> Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> um, okay, so number eight, I have Dak Prescott. Okay. This was hard for me because I know that I don't want Mike to yell at me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But so, <laughs> listen, Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. 
I don't think we can argue that. He's a great quarterback. Yeah. He's a franchise quarterback. He's in the top 10. He's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I just would need to see what he does this next year or two. Fair. Especially considering that he's about to lose. I mean, obviously they locked up Cooper and they locked up Zeke and they locked up some defensive players and some offensive linemen, but they're going to be pieces that he's going to need in order to win a title that they're not going to be able to pay once they start paying him $40 million. I need to see if he can do that. I need to see if he can do with what, what Russell Wilson has done the last two years after he got paid and put a team literally on his back and take it in deep into the playoffs like Russell did. Okay. So that's what I need to see from Dak. But he does I, have the potential. But he has that potential. And I have Carson Wentz at seven. Okay. I know that's going to cause riots all in <laughs> Dallas and all over the scape. But I just think in terms of player A versus player B, not taking into account team A or team B, Carson Wentz is just the better player. Okay. Now he's gotten hurt, obviously, so he hasn't been able to play as much. Uh, and, you know, he wasn't the quarterback who won the Super Bowl for them, but he's the one who put them in position to be able to. There's in my, there's no doubt in my mind that the Eagles don't win a title if Carson Wentz doesn't lead them in those first 13 games to locking up a number one seed okay. to being able to do it. So, And he it's still, in my opinion, was the MVP that year, but he didn't because he got hurt, so it went to Tom, which was not what it should have been, but I get it. So Carson Wentz is at seven. It just it, One last note about Wentz is that like Dak Prescott missed the playoffs last year with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott and one of the best offensive lines and all the defensive talent. And Carson Wentz threw Boston Scott and Greg Ward and, and, and other receivers that I've never even heard of, which is big for me, to the playoffs and took them to the playoffs. I think that's that needs to be against Dak. acknowledged. Exactly. So I think that that – that needs to be acknowledged by people who don't want to acknowledge it. Okay. So he's at seven. Aaron Rodgers at six. Okay. I, uh, for through all the regression that Aaron Rodgers has definitely had because he's gotten older, Aaron Rodgers still can get it done any given day. I just I, I I still think that his arm is totally there. I mean, maybe a little bit off the top of his deep ball, he's lost. Uh, but I mean, he's still hyper accurate. He still makes ridiculous plays, which I think matter. And, you know, a lot of people will say, you just remember wild plays from Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, yeah, because he makes a lot of them. That's why I think he's great, because he makes them often. And, you know, he led his team to the NFC title game this past year. So I obviously, you know, he's not in that top three anymore like he used to be consistently every year. But I I, I don't understand how he couldn't be in a top ten list, in my opinion. Okay. Five, I have Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson was hard for me to place because he was the MVP and he had this incredible season, not just running, but also passing. He had 39 touchdown passes as well. So, like, he had this unbelievable year. But, you know, I take that running into consideration, which is why he's at five. But in terms of just a pure passer, he's not on par with the guys who are above him. Yeah. Which is why I couldn't put him higher. But he's still the number five best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. And on any given day, he can run over everybody and just it doesn't matter what level his quarterbacking is. Yeah. So I think that matters. So number four is Deshaun Watson. I just think that, you know, Deshaun Watson is an unbelievable talent. And 
look no further than the, the playoff game this year against Buffalo where there were times where he literally looked terrible and Buffalo's defense was all over him and all over this team and they couldn't do anything. And then in the fourth quarter, he carries three defenders into the end zone on a rushing touchdown. And then in the overtime, Dodges Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer to spin out and hit Taiwan Jones for a first down to win. I mean, he just he does it in great moments. And you're up twenty four nothing in Kansas City against the MVP Pat Mahomes. I just I obviously they, they crumbled there, uh, but I put a lot of that on the defense more than the offense. Um but I mean, he's just an unbelievable player, and I, I mean, play after play, I'm thinking about the uh, the play against the Raiders where they talk about his. He was like, my eye fell out of my socket. I spin around to make sure it was still in there. Fix my helmet and throw a touchdown to Darren Fells. It's just he makes play after play. So number three, I have Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is still one of the best in the NFL. I think he should have won M- M- should have won MVP two seasons ago when Pat Mahomes won. I think we were in lockstep on that one. I can't remember. Yeah, we agreed. Yeah, and the last year, up until the last four or five games, I was still, maybe Drew should win this, but, you know, I think Lamar ran away with it and deserved it. Um, so, but still, Drew Brees gets it done on every level, and I am so sad that three straight years they were so close and just couldn't do it. So, uh, two, I have Russell Wilson. I struggled one and two because I wanted Russell Wilson to be one. I really wanted to say Russell Wilson's the best quarterback in the NFL, and that's who it is because he just does everything. Uh, but just with the last two years that Mahomes has had and the incredible playoff run he had coming back from 24-0 down against Houston and then even coming back down from 10 two separate times in the title game to Tennessee and in the Super Bowl being down, I mean, I, it wasn't 10. It was more than 10, wasn't it? What? He was down in the Super, in Super Bowl, Bowl too. Yeah. yeah. It was ten. Okay, it was ten in the fourth quarter in winning that game. I mean, he just he's your guy where you're like, it, it doesn't matter what the score is, as long as we had a chance if Pat Mahomes is our quarterback. Yep. So that's why I have him at one and, and Russell at two. But okay. I talked a little bit more about each one than I thought I was going to, but okay. I wanted to explain myself. That's okay. Uh there there's a handful of these that we Ooh. Um so I bet you don't have Kirk on your list. I do not have Kirk Cousins <laughs> on my top ten list. But other than that, that's the only one we didn't have in the, the list together. Okay, that's good. Because I have Tom Brady as ten. Okay, fair enough. And I think I know we didn't. We talked about not just being like body of work and, yeah. and everything, but yeah. I think there's obviously been a large amount of regression. Yeah. From Tom Brady, but I don't think. I think Tom Brady still warrants a top ten. I mean, like if Fair. you're if you're playing dodgeball, pick them with NFL teams, and you have Tom Brady standing there, you're not going to pick fifteen other guys before you're like, oh, Tom Brady's standing there too. Maybe he's okay to have on our team <laughs> for dodgeball. You understood what I meant. Though. I know, I know what you meant. <laughs> so number nine, I have Dak Prescott. Okay, I have Matt Ryan at eight. Good. Seven, I have Carson Wentz. I had him at seven as well. Six, I have Drew Brees. Okay. I have Lamar at five, like you do. Okay. Four, I have Deshaun Watson. Okay. Three, I have Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so we swapped Rodgers and Brees. Two, I have Russell Wilson and one Pat. Okay. So not not too far yeah. off on, so we, on anything too much. We swapped Rodgers and Brees. Uh, we swapped, so and then we had Dak and Matt Ryan, but you have... 
uh, Tom instead of Kirk. In, uh, right. 10. So I have Matt Ryan higher than you do because you have right. him at ten. I yeah. have him at eight. I have Tom Brady on the list, obviously. Yeah. I do agree about Carson Wentz being okay. higher than Dak. Okay. I do agree with that. And if if we were to have the debate, I know we're not talking about it right now. Of who like truly deserves the massive money contract that like they're talking about. And I know Wentz did get signed before acted and everything but i do think that money goes to Wentz because of the the winning i do understand the whole like cliche like availability and and whatnot or whatever you said earlier but yeah and he has has missed time but i think Mm -hmm. when everything comes down to it i think he's just proven a tiny bit more yeah when push comes to shove i agree um and I, i do think obviously talking about the former MVP of this year, Lamar Jackson, to have him where we do. I mean, that is tough. And with being such a gifted athlete and and everything, but I agree with you. And I think I'm pretty tough on Lamar from his throwing standpoint. And I've talked to you a lot of times, like you said, those 39 touchdowns, and he has a pretty decent chunk of throwing yards as well. Mm -hmm. But there were so many times that I can think when I was watching games where it was run, 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 run. So everyone's going for the run. And then you hit somebody and then you can score a touchdown from doing that. And, and, so, it, and, and, and not, that's fine, and that's good. Yeah, and not to say that that doesn't matter. Like, that comes into play. Obviously, we both have them at five in the entire NFL. But you, there is a level of quarterbacking that isn't part of Lamar's game yet. Not to right. say that he can't. I think he has the potential. Yeah, and I think but, he's shown so much right. more in this year than I expected. I know, yeah. like, coming out, I wasn't that high on Lamar. I loved Lamar Jackson. <laughs> So, but there's another thing I want to mention. Obviously, he ran for 1,200 rushing yards and six touchdowns. Unbelievable, right? That's great. But oh wait, no, no, that's wrong. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Where's this? Where's this rushing ability? Oh, this is passing. Come on, oh, I was ready to go. Technology. This is what happened when we fired this stat guy. No, that was from last. So, so his passing was 3,127 yards, 36 touchdowns, six picks. Okay. That's really, really good. Which is good. But, I mean, his rushing stats were far superior in terms of, like, what's the word? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. But uh, he did have 1,200 rushing yards. I was right. And seven touchdowns. That was one off. But it wasn't just a year ago where he had a 58% completion percentage. And that's the stat that people jump on Josh Allen for and say he doesn't deserve to be in the NFL because he's not good. So like, let's, that's why I'm hesitant to be like, he's one or two. Yeah, no, I absolutely. And, and Cam Newton comes to mind. Like obviously Lamar is a, achieved so much more in terms of a football year than Cam was able to do. Cam never rushed for 1200 yards. Or anything. He had but, 50 total touchdowns in an MVP season, though. So, I mean, he had. But that's always been my big knock on Cam Newton is I needed mm. to see more consistency throwing the football yeah. in an accurate manner. Yeah. And, and that sort of started to improve, mm-hmm. but there were still some running things and he got injured. And that's still something that I am weary and nervous about with Lamar Jackson is mm-hmm. to see how long he'll be able to hold up. And if surprisingly, he never was really dinged up at all this year, which is interesting. No, he did. There were a few times that he took hits. I was like, oh, my gosh, like that could be really scary. But he always popped right back mm-hmm. up, and that's really good. And, I mean, thank goodness and whatnot. But I don't want to see – I mean, obviously, I want to see Lamar Jackson still being Lamar Jackson because we talked about so many times throughout the course of the year. It made 
must watch football. Right, but, but it makes you weary to think that your quarterback's going to try to run for 1200 rushing yards every year. Right. I don't I You'd don't want to see yeah. I'd rather have Lamar Jackson running for 500 yards a year and and throwing the football and still having Lamar Jackson on the field versus oh this guy had to stop playing football right, or like right. we lost this guy for a year so we're not yeah. going to get to see him. Yeah. So and and I mean so I guess our big discrepancy if you want to call it that is the A-Rod versus Drew Brees. And obviously, both players are players I really, really love. And so being a Packers fan, I have Aaron Rodgers being a little bit higher. But And there is a part of me that's—and I, I am fully on board with saying, like, there was regression from Aaron Rodgers as a player. But yeah. I also really feel like so much of that was overhyped to a, a certain point because yeah. Aaron Rodgers had played at X level for so long. So once yeah. X level wasn't happening, so— what makes me really think about that, and I don't know the stats off the top of my head. I brought them but up. But going into the divisional game. Oh, I don't know about that. Aaron Rodgers had a better year than Jimmy Garoppolo. And everyone's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. so bad. But Jimmy Garoppolo, the savior of this organization, and so well. And like, so that just really started to bug the heck out of me. And you have to wonder if a level of that is because he's younger, so they can project out in their commentary a little bit more. But you're right. I mean... I don't think anybody would argue that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. If you did, I think it'd be a little silly. So I just feel like I I I fully know that there are certain things that don't happen every single time he drops back. I never used to when he dropped back this year be like, oh man, like what's gonna happen? I never used to feel that way. I feel yeah. that way now. Yeah. But I still feel like there are very few quarterbacks that I would pick over him i'm with you on that i think that that's that's great um and uh i think the only reason i had breeze higher is just because i think that how do i say this i think that drew point guards the team a little bit better that's fair i think that drew just runs an offense more sharp than aaron but that being said, that could also just be a knock on the coach coaching that Aaron's had in his career versus the brilliance that is Sean Payton. You know I actually, I mean? and and maybe I'm completely wrong with this, but I don't actually even know how much of that is coaching. I feel like in a way that is uh, mental selflessness. I think Drew Brees has gotten to the point where he's like, I'm not this anymore. And so I'm going to play point guard. And so, like, if I throw this to Michael Thomas for five yards, that's okay. Where I think Aaron Rodgers, and I think there has there was a little bit of progression this year. But I think Aaron Rodgers is still in his head of I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm the best. I can yeah. do whatever I want. Yeah. And so a lot of and bad Aaron, things can happen from that. And we all know Aaron has an ego about him. That's one of the things that people hated about him coming out of college, and one of the reasons why he fell. But over his career, it's proven to be more of an asset than. Uh, you know, a, I think a knock so. On him. But so you're right. We we know that he probably does still have that belief in. I mean, we've seen plays like the one in Kansas City where he's falling off his left foot with a defender right in his face and somehow drops it perfectly to Jamal Williams in the back of the end zone for a go ahead score. Like we've seen him still be able to make those kinds of plays. Yeah, I think he absolutely can. I think they're a little more rare than we used to see, which I think is such a sell selfish thing for fans and analysis to be like oh we don't see that and like we were so spoiled that when it becomes more rare we're like oh that's a bad thing yeah and it's not yeah but and he rogers has talked about 
playing a, a few more years in, in, into his 40s and whatnot. So I'm very excited to see what his career will become because I think there were some signs this year yeah. of like, you know what, instead of waiting for Devontae to get 17 yards down for a post, I'm going to dump it off to Aaron Jones. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. can obviously prolong your career. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Drew certainly found that. <laughs> yes. So, absolutely. Anything else on quarterbacks? <sighs> I feel pretty okay. So just tell me, tell me though why other than it's Tom Brady, why he's not in your top 10. I just, I've seen... I laugh and want to roll my eyes when people laugh and roll their eyes at me when I'm hard on Tom Brady because other than a Pats fan, I've seen more of Tom <laughs> I've seen more of Tom Brady than anybody who's going to roll their eyes at me for having a Tom Brady opinion. You know okay. what I mean? Like I've seen almost everything he's done in the last couple of years and I've seen it firsthand in games against us. I'd probably have him at 11 or 12. Okay. But only based on the fact that he's had such an amazing career that I know he has such a, f- a fount of knowledge that he could pull from in any given moment, and it doesn't matter what his physical regression is. Okay. You know, he just outsmarts people. So that's where I'd probably have him at like 12 or 13. But I, I, I just think that I've seen it firsthand in Bill's games, but also in other games, him not be able to put the ball where I know he wants to put it. Okay. Or him trying to make a throw. And, you know, many will argue it's because he doesn't have the receivers that will do it and yeah. things like that. But there was a point in time where we were talking about how it didn't matter who Tom Brady had. Yeah. He could put it anywhere he wanted with whoever he needed to do it with. Okay. So that should matter. You, I don't think you can change the narrative just to fit what you what your point is. I do think that's something that we try to do often. Yeah, like, like – and I – I think that that is my, the biggest argument between Peyton and Tom when it was Peyton or Tom during that time was that uh, Peyton has more weapons than Tom. You know what I mean? Like they were like Peyton had Reggie, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison and Dallas Clark and all these things. And it was like – I loved so many of those players. Yeah, I know. I mean, and everybody was like, oh, who does Tom have? He's throwing it to this guy or that guy. And yeah, for a, a while, Tom was doing that. With, and you saw when you gave him a Randy Moss, he threw for 50 touchdowns. When you gave him the Rob Gronkowski, they won three Super Bowls. So, so I get that. But now that he has lesser talent – He's not able to overcome that. And to me, that spells he's not as good a player. And there's nothing wrong with that. He still obviously won. What do they win? 11 or 12 games. They won 12 games this year still. Uh, obviously, they got not bounced out in the first round because I, Tom wasn't able to do what Tom normally always does. And I think that that, that matters. And, I, and it's hard for me as a Bills fan to have that point because, again, people will roll their eyes. But I've seen it firsthand. And, the la- and three out of the last four times we've, as Bills, played Tom Brady we've made him look pretty bad the only game that I can think of that he didn't was the last one we played him against where he had he had three touchdowns and no picks against us in the the Saturday night game December 22nd he had a great day against us but we still almost beat them but in the game before that he looked terrible in that 16 to 10 win and the the only one because of the block kick so like I'm saying is that there there were times where Tom could take Bill and Jerry and Dave off the street and said, you're going to catch each a touchdown this week. We can't do that anymore. Yeah. And I think that that's why I don't have him in the top 10. No, I'm, I know we, <clears throat> I don't know if we differ, but I'm just, I think I have higher expectations for Tampa this year than you do. Probably. Yes. But I'm very, we'll get to hot takes. Very the year, much but I have a hot take about that division. Seeing what's going to happen. <laughs> I actually have a bet with, uh, our buddy Drew about 
oh. the NFC South this year. Okay. The, the bet is that it's only like 20 bucks, but the bet is that the Atlanta Falcons will finish with a better record than the Tampa Bay Bucks this year. Okay. He said I was crazy. I don't think it's crazy. I, I, I see the Bucks winning nine games. But I also feel like you're too high on Atlanta. Possibly. That's possible. I will admit that. But so. I'd say it's hot takey. But I think Atlanta wins 11 or 12 games this year, and I don't think that Tampa Bay cracks 10. Okay. I just think that in their defense obviously played a lot better, and we talked about that last week. Yep. Um, but I just don't think Tom's going to be able to sling it like Jameis did. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it sure. I, 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 I do hope that, you know – you know, we obviously hope that everything gets back to some semblance of a normal, and you know, we hope that people recover and people get through this, and the economy recovers and people get their jobs back and things like that. Uh, but obviously, one of the hopes in it is that it doesn't affect football much. <laughs> you know, that's obviously it's low on the list, but it's still something that matters very much to us and to a lot of people. So I, I do hope that the season isn't affected or or. or changed that much so that we could see because i think there's a lot of exciting things happening yeah for sure all right my man anything else we're gonna talk about i feel pretty okay how are you a good episode we gotta we should have uh we should set aside like four or five of our hottest arguments that we know we're gonna argue about (laughs) and do an episode where we just do that like we'll like take we yeah we'll do like the derrick henry debate like sit in our living room be like time out we're not talking about this what do you like, mean? Like, I feel like the time oh, yeah, you're right. really it argue, happens it organically. Happens not when we're... Yeah, I'm just going to be like, we're tabling this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure you could. Um, there's, <laughs> like, the whole... We, we went at it, like, during the Miles Garrett stuff. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We bring out, well, we, we actually did that on the show, too. But not like we did it first. <laughs> That's then. true. We really did it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Thank you all for listening very much. Make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network. A lot of cool things happening with that. Uh, a lot. Of, um, ah, sorry. We <laughs> <laughs> got stuck in my throat. Uh, yes, but make sure you check them out at pocketpodcastnetwork.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Simult Catch and Facebook Simultaneous Catch. Let us know what you want us to talk about during these trying times. We're really looking for a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, we're going to have a lot of draft coverage coming up. But uh, after that, we're going to just do some fun stuff. So let us know if you want us to talk about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything else, my friend? No. Keep staying safe, everyone. All right. God bless. <laughs>